0: If you can figure out how to grow together even if even if the, you know there are different things feeding the growth but you can continue to grow in your relationship that's how you sustain long-term relationships
1: Welcome to the Marriage family business podcast my name's Mick
0: and my name's Claire
1: I'm a husband father of two incredible young boys a business system strategist tech entrepreneur and author of the best-selling book Beyond the Marketing Funnel
0: I am a wife, mother to the same two incredible little boys, reluctant entrepreneur, and classically trained vocalist and music educator.
1: Claire and I are founding owners of several businesses, including Rockstar, an internationally renowned online marketing and systems management firm based in good old Traverse City, Michigan.
0: We created the Marriage Family Business Podcast to open up the conversation about how these three areas of our lives collide, and to try and tackle the question, how the heck do you manage it all successfully? And of course, to help other entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial couples discover real life in the trenches advice for the common problems that being an entrepreneur with a family and spouse often entail.
1: So sit back, preferably with your spouse or your partner, as Claire and I take you on this journey with us and share with you our wildest stories and most valuable learning experiences that you can't find on a Google search. Let's roll.
0: In this episode of the Marriage Family Business Podcast, we talk about living in integrity in every aspect of your life, from how you handle crazy product launches for clients to how you choose to grow together in your marriage to how you handle weird behaviors from your four-year-old. And somehow we end up talking about the the big debates around self-checkout lines. So definitely sit back, relax, and have a listen. (music)
1: So, as happened so many times here on MFB, uh, today, uh, Claire and I are going to talk about something that particularly uh, triggered us, uh, you know, just like within the past 24 hours. So, as you guys know, we run Rockstar. We are a marketing automation and web development firm in Traverse City, Michigan. And we work with some extremely high-end companies internationally. And so, one of the things that happened is yesterday – over the past couple of weeks, we've had a, a very large product that's been rolled out for that's that's been in development and getting ready to be rolled out for one of our um, platinum level, syndicate level clients. And you know, it's it's okay. the the tight The timeline was tight to begin with.
0: It was, um, um,
1: and we had, we had raised our concerns about the timeline to begin with.
0: Part of the reason that we don't typically like clients to set deadlines yeah, it's yeah.
1: it's not really how we operate, but you know we do what we can. I think, as everybody out there, you know, in business when you're running a business, you do whatever you can to, you know, make any situation work.
0: Right. Um, I know we do. yes.
1: And in this particular situation, what ended up happening? I'm not really going to go into who it was or what the product was or what the case was. but suffice to say, We got into this project and kind of at the last minute, I would say, and by the last minute, I I would really say within the last 24 to 36 hours, and this is a project that had been being worked on for- Several weeks to that point. Well, actually, really several months.
0: Yeah, we knew it was coming. Um, It was in development on their end, but but we had not yet gotten- Exactly.
1: So what had happened is that we had, um, if you're familiar with web development processes, which you you probably aren't, but if you are, oftentimes what will end up happening is that a- uh, concept will go to ideation first, so you're mm-hmm. coming up with exactly what the concept's gonna be. And then, once you know what that concept's gonna be, you spend a lot of time in design. And so you actually go through the process of designing the brand,
0: making sure everything looks like you think it should. Certainly, if you're going to do a custom build, which we only do for our syndicate level people, by the way, exactly. And so, like, if you're going to do a custom build, what that means is we are quite literally starting from scratch. We are making our own flour here, guys. We're not even we're not even doing like pre bought flour. Right. You know, we have a kitchen. We all start with a kitchen. Congratulations. That is our language. Otherwise, like we are milling our own flour. We are churning our own butter. If you're starting from scratch, that's really what you're asking us to do. So what that means is you better know what the crap ingredients you want in this particular dish.
1: That's right. And so well put. Thank you. And so what ended up happening, uh, what typically happens is that you go through the design process and then the designers hand off the the, the artwork. The artwork, if yeah. you will. Um, typically, they're, they're files called PSDs, often, not always, but often, uh, but hand off that that design to a developer, and the developer actually makes it a thing, all right? So think of it this way, right? If you're building a house, it's the equivalent of coming up with blueprints, yep. figuring out exactly what it is, and then you move it on to the 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 actual builders who actually build the house, okay? Yep. Now, in this particular instance, we had our client hand us those blueprints in a period of time that we uh, immediately felt kind of uncomfortable with.
0: It it was basically like handing us a blueprint for a uh, 4,500-square-foot home and asking it to be completely done and ready to be moved into in a month and a half.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty reasonable. So, in any case... It's OK, syndicate-level client. We, we will bust. Our, we will do whatever yeah. we have to do to make that happen. And so we jumped into it, and basically, in the last 24 to 36 hours, uh, as we were going through and, and again, I'm not going to really go too deep into it, but we found a lot of things that we didn't expect to find from a functionality perspective that had just been kind of thrown
0: in. Or assumed. So or like, assumed. here's your kitchen. but well, of course, we're going to have a walk-in pantry over here guys that hasn't been framed out. We have no space for a walk-in pantry. Where are you going to put your washer and dryer if that's what you if you want a walk-in pantry here?
1: Yeah, there's structural issues that I mean anything's doable, but basically it's doable uh, within a certain time frame which you may or may not like, within a certain budget which you may or may not like, or actually not sometimes not everything actually is doable especially when you're dealing with what we call mobile responsive issues
0: right and 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 i'm sure y'all know what that means but that's basically like does your site do your pages look as good on a desktop or a laptop as they do on your tablet or your smartphone
1: that's right and look to be brutally honest with you guys like I know we're getting really technical we're a, a little more technical than I usually like to be Correct. on 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 this show
0: yeah'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of speed through the tech stuff here yeah quickly, but though.
1: we're out. I mean, actually I think we're really out at this yeah. point in time so really what it comes down to is is that we we get this situation and we were cranking last night until about 12:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. that we there was actually a midnight lunch, and we were we actually had people in the office. we, we actually got locked out of the of parking, the parking garage. We actually had to have the police department come and let us into the parking garage so so that several of us could leave actually and drive home last night, which again is fine. it's it's part of the deal. But the reason why I bring this up is because in this particular instance, this is a syndicate level client, and you know when the way I look at it, I really want to talk a little bit about integrity today. And trying to balance having integrity in business and fulfilling the promises that you ex- that, that you let people know you will you will
0: yes, if, if you've take. promised something, are, are you going to do it?
1: Exactly but but balancing that with the health of your company, all right And so I think what ends up happening is that and I've seen it happen so many times, just in my own business experiences. Sometimes you have—it's actually a great problem for for your client. Your client is growing; they are uh, used to doing things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And in this, like in this particular instance, this particular client really is in a great space. They need—they're uh, growing so rapidly that congratulations—they legitimately need a full-time. IT IT team actually on staff and in 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 full transparency when Rockstar works with somebody at a syndicate level which uh, is actually not even a level that we actually really discuss all that much no um, but when we but it's a it's a it's an application only level and when somebody's working with us at that level we typically are working as their entire IT team however um, that's different than having our entire team actually on site with those folks.
0: And their entire job is just this per, this this particular client.
1: That's right. That's right. And there's reasons why things like that come and, and go. But so the point is, is that it's natural, actually, for a growing company to outgrow a team like that.
0: It's mm-hmm. actually
1: very natural. If you're growing at some point in time, you're going to have all of the things that a growing company will have, an office building, departments, HR, a cafeteria, all that stuff. And I, I, you know, maybe you don't have a cafeteria. Uh, <laughs> we have, we don't have a cafeteria. We do have a break room at Rockstar. But I guess the point is, is that these are all, they're, they're actually what we like to call first world problems. Correct. And they're good problems to have. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. It's, it's not a problem. It's a challenge.
1: It's a, exactly.
0: Congratulations. Yes. Your, your shitty problems are gone. Now you have beautiful, shiny new problems. That's right. You have graduated. But see,
1: so from a vendor perspective, then it comes down to, okay, cool. So you're in this situation where you have so much work being thrown at you mm-hmm. that first off, you need to be very clear about who you are as a company and and what you can offer and make the right decisions. Sometimes those decisions are not exactly easy to make. In this particular sure. instance, you know, let's look at the at the small portion of it. The small portion is the the by the small portion, I mean the localized Issue. We have this particular launch that we're worried about coming in hot. By that I mean it's coming in fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a lot of work. There's a whole bunch of stuff that was never communicated to us.
0: A whole bunch of changes that came in after the initial blueprint was submitted.
1: Look, we were getting changes at literally 11.55 I last yeah. night. Yeah. All right.
0: And and still getting changes this morning.
1: That's right. So I in and and, and, a, a and like the okay. modicum of that is perfectly fine.
0: Really? Truly. Yeah.
1: But the fact is is that, you know, we had made a commitment or a commitment was made on our behalf (laughs) to uh, get this particular project done at the time that it needed to get done. And damn it, if we weren't going to make sure that that happened. And that's an integrity perspective from our perspective. And to that standpoint, literally, literally, we had four developers uh, that actually stayed until I think the last of us left last night at about 1235. Yeah. And that's uh, quite frankly, it's a credit to, to my, our team. Our, our team at Rockstar, yeah,
0: they are amazing.
1: They are absolutely amazing. Um, let me just tell you guys, like this is this is not an advertisement for Rockstar necessarily, but like I'll tell you, you you, you have to take care of your team because those guys are um, those guys and girls are what makes all the magic happen. Yes, always. And so that's that's a key thing. We were going to do that no matter what, but at the same point in time. It's also important to recognize that, hey, you know, like, like I've got a conversation coming up with this particular client to basically let them know um, happy problem, my friend. You know, you need a full time team. Like, you need, you need real people. Well, not real people, but you need people. <laughs> yeah, that
0: implies our team is yeah. not real people.
1: But you need people that are actually like local with you, sitting with you all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's, and, and legitimately able to where you're dedicate
0: at. all of their time and attention to those specific. Issues that arise.
1: Exactly. And, and it's an integrity issue uh, to them as well. So from my yes. perspective, you know, looking at Rockstar, I no longer believe that Rockstar can can actually suitably fulfill all the needs that they have. Correct. Uh, they've outgrown us. And that's okay. It, it, it's legitimately okay because you can't be everything to everybody. And I do feel like as entrepreneurs, that's a very common pitfall right. that many of us fall into. You never want to turn down business. You never want to take a perfectly good client and be like, no. This is this is this is not a good fit anymore. But if you're doing if you're if you're being real and living in integrity with yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: living in integrity to your team members and your staff, yep. all right, which effectively have to um, cash the checks that you're writing, correct? Okay, and you're. Doing a proper fiduciary responsibility, maintaining a proper fiduciary responsibility to your client and making sure that they can get what they need at the pace that they feel they need it on the go. It's your responsibility to maintain that integrity, make the right decisions, and and let people know when it's time to, in this instance, uh, fundamentally change the nature of a relationship.
0: Because at this point, because this client is seeing such success and is growing at such a rate, it is inappropriate for us to continue Taking their money. Well it just or is.
1: or taking their money as as the, sole, as the sole provider of how they how they're sure. going to perform something. Sure. Um, and, and we can and, still
0: run their automation and arguably, you know, should, could, whatever, one of our four-letter words. But that, that's the beauty of all relationships, is that change is there. And so as we're talking about this, Mick got home at about 1242. Luckily, we don't live far from the office. And honestly, listen, I'm not saying this because he's sitting beside me or because it's date night or to like pat him on the back or whatever. Um, yes, it's date night. It, it's worthy of a smile.
1: I'm pretty happy about it.
0: Mick is one of the few people I know who <laughs> leads from the front, actually. Not not says he does, but actually does. Mick could have walked home from the office last night. Had he walked home from the office last night, he would have been home at about, at about 1230. Instead, though, our staff that were there with him in the in the office and everybody parked in the deck, that would have meant that he would have had to leave them there to wait for the police to get to their cars.
1: Exactly, and, and incidentally, look, I, I love the police, but anytime you call the police. Uh
0: you always feel a little bit guilty. A little guilt, like I, mean, I always I do. do. Anyway, like, yeah.
1: No, I I always do. I feel like I'm either taking away resources from other places where they need to be, <laughs> right. or either way, I'm talking to uh, to to somebody in uniform, and
0: that can be intimidating. It's just
1: a little intimidating. I I mean, I, it's one of the few times I'm authentically intimidated. There was sure. a, a lovely policewoman that met us at the at the garage last night. Hmm. And I must admit that I felt like I, like my butt puckered up a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. How are you, ma'am? Thank you so much for coming, ma'am. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it, it's a little nervous, you know?
0: Exactly. So I didn't so, want to
1: necessarily put that on the guys. You know? Yeah. Not that it would have it's, been a problem.
0: It would have been fine. They would have handled it. But you were willing to be there with them. So by the time it gets home last night at 1242, I woke up. <laughs> it's like our children knew. Our 20-month-old is dealing with some allergy issues and woke up at midnight on the nose which happened to be when this project was launching. And so I hear him crying at midnight and I woke up so confused because I stayed up fairly late. I actually had church rehearsal last night, left, went to the office to see we were going to try to to do something else that I knew how to do faster than anybody else there. And so I... I texted uh, my, my brother-in-law, hey, I'm going to be a couple minutes late. I want to run and see if there's any way I can help. Turns out my assistant wasn't needed. Fine. But I stayed up until almost 11, waiting for him to come home, waiting to hear that this was done. Waiting, waiting, waiting. So when midnight on the nose, guys, I wish this was an exaggeration, actual midnight, according to my iPhone, comes around. My youngest is screaming because he can't breathe. And I realized that Mick is not in bed. Mick's truck is not out back. To say that I broke out in a cold, holy shit, sweat, doesn't quite paint the enormity of of my emotions. And so I go and calm calm our son down, and I come back upstairs and text Mick. Like, how are we? One word response. Can I? You know what what's going on? No response. I'm like, well, at least he's alive. <laughs> like at least he hasn't had a heart attack in the office. But so by the fi- time he finally does get home, he has been going since he woke up to do his power hour at six thirty. He's been going all day long.
1: By the way, I don't feel like I deserve a cookie. No, for that's
0: it. fine. But you okay. get home and you're like, I gotta talk some of this shit out. So as we're talking about how this relationship has changed, and it's no one's fault. This client is who they are, and this is how they they typically work. And in dude, personally, I yeah, I love it. I love yes. This this is this is a good human being, truly, and. When there are small things going on, you know, we can definitely uh, accommodate things like that. But this client is fortunate enough to have grown so large so fast in the time they've been working with us that the relationship is changing. And so now how do you deal with changing relationships from a place of integrity? This happens outside of business, too, as all of you know. One of the things that we talk about a lot in our in our marriage and I think we've mentioned a couple times this podcast again I'm I'm not sure when these episodes get released so I'm not sure if you've heard or not but we've talked a lot about how important it has been for me and Mick to both grow together. Growth is inevitable. If you can figure out how to grow together even if even if the you know there are different things feeding the growth but you can continue to grow in your relationship. That's how you sustain long-term relationships. You hear all the time about these couples who finally get divorced when their youngest kid graduates from college. Why? Because they spent so much time raising their kids and running their businesses and living their lives that they forgot to grow together. And so this is a classic situation where our company is growing, our client's company is growing, but it is no longer a mutually beneficial relationship. We cannot provide the type of service that this client is now requiring just by the simple fact of the growth that they are going through. Furthermore, that amount of growth is taking away resources from our other clients, which again, if we're moving in integrity, we have to make sure that we are being fair to everyone, as fair as we possibly can. And so as we're watching, you know, how How do you act in integrity when you're growing in different paths in your relationship? Mm-hmm. How do you act with integrity as your kids start growing going through our our oldest is almost four. and he's kind of an asshole a lot of the time um at home and at school. He is his parents child.
1: Stubborn as, as, as fuck, as Times they say. Times two. Good Honest Lord, to baby. Pete. It gets it so honestly. Yes,
0: he does. And and it's hard to be angry about it. But how do I move from in a space of love and integrity with this person who is learning to become a person and to be kind and comforting? Right now, he is freaking out about me, about missing me. I think this is stemming back from when I was in California in Warrior for a week, because um, otherwise I am the parent that's home but like he doesn't want to walk into the school building without me. I can leave after he shows me around his class for the 14th time, but he does not want to leave me in the car. I'll miss you too much. Mm -hmm. How do I, from a place of love and respect and integrity, acknowledge this growth cycle, provide the appropriate support, but also make space for him to have these emotions and know what to do with them? And so if moving from a place of integrity is important, how do you see that, manifest itself in all these different areas of your life. Business is easy. Integrity in business is talked about all the time. But are those lessons applicable in the other areas?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's actually another lens that I would I would suggest that uh it's that, that you at least look at it through. And it's a lens that I've looked at, I'm certainly looking at this particular business situation through. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that Claire, as I get into this, you'll, you'll recognize very quickly that it's a, it's a lens that I look at things through quite a bit and have quite a bit. And it's, it's very altruistic and I'm, and believe me, I'm not trying to sit here and paint myself as a martyr by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel this is really important. It's important to realize that change happens. Mm -hmm. Growth happens. Growth is a nicer word for change yes um it really is but what that also means is that what is real and what is relevant at any given point in time fundamentally is may well be different than what it was last week or what it was last month or what it certainly was two years ago yes. you know or 20 years ago yep. all right here's an example I'm going to give you two examples example number one is this back in the day at this point in time <laughs> wow man I just went <laughs> back, back in the back in my day <laughs> but no like earlier on in our career uh, in my career and certainly in the in the early portions of our marriage, Claire. Um, Claire was a uh, a music teacher yep. in North Carolina, in the state of North Carolina. And, um, you know, you may or may not know, but uh, North Carolina, has, like many states, like many places in the country, has gone through massive budget issues. Oh, yeah. And w- the place that North Carolina has really chosen to, or I don't, I actually have no idea what the situation is We have
0: no idea now. what it is now, but uh, as but the time, of 2000... 2000- 10 2011 ish,
1: yeah. they were uh, they had really chosen to cut back quite a bit in their in uh, in the in the education department, and so I think at the time, like, uh, they were either North Carolina's uh, teachers were either rated dead last or second to last in the country in terms of pay, yeah. Um, which you know, this is not about to be a it, it, we should pay teachers more thing, but but actually. Even more so, they were starting to just hack, hack, hack different departments. And one of the departments that they were really hacking away at was the music department. Now, it,
0: the arts in general. Arts I mean, general. No, Nobody's singling out choir in specific, in, in particular, but arts, electives, languages.
1: And so I remember at the time, the last year that you were teaching, this was a massive. I, I, I'm not sure if we've we've talked about this in the podcast on the podcast or not, but we should at some point in time. It'd be kind of cool. But suffice to say, you know. Claire's last year was just ripe with a lot of uncertainty about mm. whether or not she was going to continue to have a job. And so
0: through no fault of my own, like no not fu- to bat, pat myself on the back or no. anything, but I was a spectacular teacher. My choirs were amazing. I tripled the size of the program. Like like she's doing all the right things. Like all of
1: the right things. But the fact of the matter is is that she was a young teacher, so she was low on the totem pole yes. and she was in a really uh, she was in a department in general, in a category of departments in general that were high on the chopping block. And so we didn't really think that – like it's, it became very obvious to us that there was a at least, at least a 50-50 chance that she was not going to get renewed uh, – offered a contract to be renewed. And actually, we started thinking it was more so. And, and we made the decision before the decision was made for her that, that she was going to be leaving teaching. And one of the things – the specific point that I want to bring up here – is that in the context of those conversations, um, one of the points that I made to you a lot, and I think you started to even agree with a little bit, is that, okay, listen, if you've only got this much money to spend on education for an entire state, and you recognize that um, you know, math and science and languages and things like that are, are the things that are, are actually – they're the tangible – the tangible. This subjects, is what's
0: being tested on. This is yeah, how schools get money in the first place.
1: Exactly. Then it does make sense that that's where you need to put the very meager, feeble resources that you, that you're being provided. Now, whole different ballgame as to whether or not uh, I think either one of us feel that. <laughs> I think I know uh, both of us feel that education deserves a hell of a lot more money in this country.
0: But there it is. Deserve one of our four little words. That's there. You podcast.
1: go. It, it's it's all about how you want to lay that out, right? And so I would actually. Argue, and I I don't even know if you ever started to agree with me or not. That like like what would you do if you were the school? Like if you had no no cash? Like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna cut the young teacher the the young choir teacher even if she's really good. Exactly. And and like honestly, we actually got to the point where we thought that that's what they should do. Actually, because that's that's
0: these are the resources they have.
1: These are the resources they have. The situation had changed. The relevancy of having a choir program. At Rosman Middle and High School in North Carolina, was fundamentally changing um, at the time, and and that's an okay thing.
0: And and it's not, and it wasn't the things that would have had to change, the budgets that would have need to have been cleaned up in North Carolina, the um, No Child Left Behind uh, Act that was instituted federally, nationally, just crushed it because of testing and now suddenly if it's not a test if it cannot be measured by a number or a statistic
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not air quotes important anymore
1: yeah it's and, and so i guess that's the that's the point is that it's it's important to take a step back be a little altruistic try to take the emotion out of the situation and ask yourself authentically well what actually does make sense here just say it out loud right Say it out loud. What makes the most sense? The other example that I would give of that, there's kind of an ongoing debate in our circle of of friends here locally about self-checkouts. All right. And in the the evils of self-checkout at Walmart or Meyer, which is a local grocery store here. It's you Midwest know, chain. It's, it's a Midwest chain, whatever. Um but you know like the evils of self checkout and self checkout machines and how they're stealing jobs away and there's a whole argument on one side of it that i completely appreciate where they're coming from uh, that basically says hey you should never use the self checkout cuz you're stealing away jobs from from people who would otherwise be qualified to do so and the question is is and then the the argument back is of course well you know they they people can't find you know they Th- these chains can't find uh, people that want to take these low-paying jobs, so what are they supposed to do? And the argument against that is, well, that means that obviously they're not being paid enough money, right? Being but if they're not more. being paid enough money, all right, can they actually recoup that ROI, all right? And so I would argue so – does that make sense or did I Did I not say that correctly?
0: Well, it's more like, okay yeah, – and, and you know what? I think we would both agree that, yeah, maybe these people should be making more money. Sure. But that's coming from somewhere, so are you going to shop at this place if now they've put a 10% markup on everything?
1: Just because, just because they want to make sure that they're able to hire people so that you, so that, uh, they don't have to have self-checkout. Because- and oh,
0: by the way, like if you've been grocery shopping and don't use something like Shipped or anything like that, which by the way, Shipped mm-hmm. wonderful. Not being paid for that little plug, but if, if, if like me, you find yourself without time to go to the grocery store, period, out Shipt. Um. So I would say, though, if you have been to grocery stores, you know, A, how many lanes are or are not open at any point in time, and B... How much faster the che- self checkouts seem to roll, especially if people do actually, in fact, abide by the twenty items or less rule. That's
1: exactly it. And so, actually, self checkouts are quite relevant. What's relevant has changed. Yes. All right. People have less time now. They want to be able to move fast. It's not that I don't want somebody don't to want not have a job to have a just,
0: conversation with no, the checkout lady. No, I want to stick and move, baby. Me. Thank yes. you
1: very much. All right. And yes, it's faster for me to check myself out because all I need to do is scan three barcodes. Throw my my chip in the card reader and I'm out the door. Piece of cake, baby.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like, if I've got, if I've gone grocery shopping, ca- all caps, yeah. I am going to a human being. That is an untenable situation for me to try to handle myself. By the way, I probably have both small children with me. So I am standing in the 20 minute line while my children stare at the candy bar. Screw you people who decided that, you know, candy bars in the checkout line. I mean, it makes perfect sense from an economic standpoint, but like- Order bumps, baby. Holy smokes, Um, exactly. But I'll do that. But if I needed to pick up a pack of diapers, guess what? Exactly. So that felt like a tangent. Getting back to this, If you are honest with yourself about the just very nature of life in that change will continue to happen, growth will continue to happen, your choice is then how do you respond in integrity? Our friends who are like, boo to the self-checkouts, their move in integrity is to never use the self-checkouts and to speak for those who deserve to be paid more. And you know what? God bless them for it they are living in integrity. They are being their most true self. So with that said, where do you find that you can live in your most integrity in all the aspects of your life? Are there places in your marriage, in your family, in your business where you are not being your most truthful self?
1: And that may well be because there's some rather large decision that needs to be made that you haven't made because it's a painful decision uh, or it would actually adversely affect you even though you know at the end of the day it that's... Uh, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. So that's really what it is. This has definitely run a little bit long today. So uh, we'll Oof. wrap it up at this point. Yep. But uh, thank you guys very much and we will catch you next time. Give
0: us a shout on Facebook. Let us know uh, if any of this resonated with you. Looking forward to next time.
1: Thanks for spending time with us today here on the Marriage Family Business Podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, then there are just two things we would love for you to do. Number one, leave a rating and a review for us on iTunes. It really helps us know what kind of content we need to produce for you.
0: And secondly, head on over to marriagefamilybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe for free to get all the resources shared in every episode emailed directly to you. That way you don't have to go searching for anything discussed on any episode. It'll just be in your inbox.
1: We'll catch you on the next episode of the MFB podcast.